Hi guys, Erin here from bloomingwellness.com. Some of you know me only as Eeks. Today's episode of Causes or Cures is a great personal story. It's timely and it offers a unique insight. I'm talking to Amanda Anderson. Amanda runs a large support group online for Spoonies. She is also a Spoonie. So we're going to chat about Spoonies, opioids, marijuana, and pain refugees. Specifically, the question we're asking is this. Are opioids and marijuana causes or are they cures? Take a listen. Okay, today we're here with Amanda Anderson. Uh, Amanda, thanks for joining us on causes or cures. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, the Spoonie group, and what a Spoonie is? I'm Amanda Anderson. I am the creator, owner, and admin, one of the admins of Spoonie World and Chronic Illnesses That Keep You Cooped Up. Um, I have several chronic illnesses myself, and I know the 7,800 members that I have um, also have several illnesses themselves. Right. A Spoonie is someone who is chronically ill. Um, can have any kind of illness um, to be considered a spoonie. So, so a wide variety in the group. Yes, very wide. And the spoonie community in general has a lot of folks with uh, chronic pain, and pre- the prevalence of chronic pain is growing. It's around forty percent. And opioids, which we're going to talk a lot about, used to be the number one prescribed class of drugs. I think they're still in the top five. So can you talk a little bit about your experience with opioids and your current frustration? Because you have an interesting story. Yes. Um, currently, when um, I was diagnosed with arachnoiditis back in 2009, I was on 90 milligrams of morphine, um, the equivalence to 90 milligrams of morphine. And I had no problems getting it anywhere, any state that I lived in, because I lived in several states, um, never had an issue with getting it. And then all of a sudden recently it was, you went from 90 milligrams of morphine to now I'm at 57.5. And there was no, there was no tapering. There was no nothing. Just one month I went in and they said, bam, you're off of 90 milligrams of morphine to below 60. And talk about what that means for your quality of life. Is your pain Uh, controlled? No, my pain is not controlled at all. Um, And I actually take supplements to try to help with the pain relief. Right. And um, that helps a little bit, but all in all, um, it's it's decently controlled with um, supplements, but it should be better controlled. And my quality of life is uh, little little to none. I'm bed bound and I'm 34 years old and I have a walker and a cane. And I know there are a lot of people out there that have that, but I'm 34 and I'm bed bound. Right. And that seems like a disgrace when there are things available that can control your pain and improve your quality of life. Right. And as admin of the Spoonie group, what are you hearing from the group on this issue of opioids being available or not available? Um, it's, it's just, it's disgraceful. I mean, everybody... Um, There are uh, thousands of people, uh, hundreds if not thousands, I'm sorry, um, that have been completely taken off and they were never tapered off of medicine. It was one month they went in 
And the next month they went in and they said, bam, sorry, we're not prescribing that anymore. Um, you can take ibuprofen, you can take Advil, you can take anything else, but we're not prescribing you any pain medicine anymore. <coughs> and this is based on state, the state you live in, and some people are moving. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. Um, I actually have a friend who um, lived in Washington and was able to get 120 milligrams of morphine, which is a lot. <coughs> Sorry. That's okay. 120. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. And then she moved um, to the East Coast and she hasn't been able to find a doctor that will see her yet. And is her pain controlled? Um, it was controlled on her 120 milligrams of morphine, but right now um, she's she's had to cut her dose so low that she's maybe only taken two or three pills a day, maybe, and um, it's not controlled at all. And can you talk a little bit about um, people who who move for their medication and what they're called? Uh yeah, they're called refugees, actually, um, pain, pain refugees. And there are a lot of people that have moved to states where um, marijuana is legal because that helps with their pain. Um, there, there's tons of people that I've read about that have moved to Colorado for that specific reason. Pain and, refugees. That's a yes, term. Pain, pain <laughs> refugees. I, I promise a lot of people outside of the chronic pain community probably have never heard that. Um, and also, you, what are people do, doing? Are they resorting to street drugs? Uh, are they contemplating suicide? Um, there are a lot of people that um, either have some, actually I've talked to in my group, that have bought uh, medicine on the street or have thought about going to heroin because just for the simple fact that their pain is so high, there's nothing that is helping them. Their doctors won't help them. Um, and even the little amount of medication they can buy on the street doesn't really help them. So they want to turn to heroin. And there's been a lot of people that have contemplated um, suicide because their pain is so great that they don't know what else to do with themselves. And have these people turned into or have they become heroin addicts? No, none of them. None of them. And you yourself, you've never been addicted. You've never had a problem with being addicted to opioids. No, never. And you know the difference. This is the thing I've seen. People who take these pills often know the difference between tolerance, dependence, and addiction. And that's a huge deal. Yes. And I just want to make it clear for everyone listening, because this drives me nuts when people get these confused Tolerance means you're no longer getting the same effect from a drug. Dependence, it's a physiological response from when you're off the drug. And addiction is, the mechanism for addiction is long-lasting. It has much deeper roots. It's a much stronger hold. And actually, the research shows that addiction happens in a small percentage of people. A lot of people who are dependent get classified as addicts. Would you think, do you think that's true? Absolutely. I think the, I would say at least half of the people that I know, um, even myself, my doctor, my pain doctor has actually told me that I could just stop taking them that way. You know, 
hey, there, it, your tolerance is, you know, bec you're becoming more tolerant to the medicine, we'll just stop taking it. Right. Um, and, and there are a lot of people that um, they have a depend, they depend on it. Like I depend on my pain medicine to help me relieve my pain, but I'm not addicted to it by any means because there, there are days where I can go without taking any, um, just to reset the level of um, tolerance that I have. That way, when I take it again, um, in a day or two, I have more relief than I had two days prior. Right. And obviously overdoses are a lot higher in those who are addicted or yes. taking higher doses. Let's talk, of, let's go back to marijuana because that's really connected to this whole issue. What are your thoughts on marijuana, how it relates to your experience and how it relates to the Spoonie community? Um, I 100% believe it should be legalized. I know there are several people, um, you know, that think that it shouldn't. But in my personal experience, I've actually gotten medical grade marijuana edibles and I didn't have to take pain medicine for a week. Um, it was and it was only 10 cookies that I broke in quarters and I was only taking maybe two quarters of the cookie a day. That's incredible. And I just want to point out, too, that the research does suggest that where medical marijuana is legalized, it's associated with lower odds of any opioid use. That's at the population level. Obviously, it's going to vary at the individual level, but that's still pretty compelling evidence. I agree. And let's talk about your comorbidities and other things that you, you have, because I think this is really interesting uh, what you said marijuana does in, ter in terms of your your uh, care plan? Um, well, for me, I have anxiety and PTSD and insomnia, and mm -hmm. I have pain, mm -hmm. and it actually helps all of those. And now I was diagnosed with gastroparesis, and um, I know it, it. marijuana helps you. It get, gives you the munchies, obviously. So it actually helps the, helps would help me eat more, and get my food down because my stomach has become paralyzed in some sort of way. Right. Um, and that's what, just really quick, explain what gastroparesis is for people who don't know. Um, it's basically when your part of your stomach becomes paralyzed and you can't um, digest food properly. And what other, what are the specific illnesses that you've been diagnosed with? If you feel comfortable sharing. Sure. Um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, um, adhesive arachnoiditis, gastroparesis. Um, I was actually recently diagnosed with MS, um, which no one in my group actually knows, and I'm sure they'll hear that now. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear no, that. It's perfectly fine. Um, and mast cell activation disorder, which is basically I've become allergic to life. Um, just out of nowhere, one day I was outside with my dog and we had mushrooms in our yard. And for whatever reason, it set off this allergic response. And now I'm allergic to um, a lot of things outdoors, a lot of different foods I was not allergic to before. I just keep finding new things that I be I'm becoming allergic to. And it's called mast cell activation disorder. And what's the specific disorder associ associated with your spine? Adhesive arachnoiditis. And what does that mean? Um, you have inflammation of your spine. 
Um, and it's incredibly painful and it's it was incredibly rare, but it's actually becoming more popular because a lot of people that have been diagnosed with back problems or back pain, anything with the back or any kind of pain, they get epidural steroid injections. And that's actually the one of the leading causes of adhesive arachnoiditis is epidural steroid injections. And anytime someone tells me they're going to get one, I cringe for them and I warn them about it. And if they do it and it happens to them, I feel bad. But I did warn you that it's actually not even FDA approved to have these injections for your back. I see. Um, and what? let's just talk about how you're 34 years old. You're, and you said you're bed bound. Yes. And how many medications are you on if you feel comfortable sharing? 22. 22. That's not including any supplements that I take. That's just prescription medication. So that's 22 pills a day. Yes. And what are your thoughts if you had access to marijuana, if it was legal in your state, about by what percentage would your daily number of pills go down by, in your opinion? Uh, At least 60 to 70 percent, I believe. That's huge. That's really, really huge. And what do you think the, and you mentioned refugees, or paying refugees, they're moving from one state, and in your state, it's not legal. No, it's not. I live in Mississippi. Mississippi. And it was legal. You used to live in Louisiana. Yes. So maybe you'll, maybe you'll move back. (laughs) I don't know. Probably not just because of the hurricanes, but it, (laughs) Do you think it'll ever be legal at the national at a national level? I think in years to come, it would pro- it's going to probably be legal everywhere because it's there are so many patients using medical marijuana or marijuana in general um, and growing it in their backyards and everything. And there's becoming more and more research done on the subject that how well it works for pain, how well it works for anxiety how well it works for people with eating disorders to get them to eat, um, for sleeping. I, I mean, for every anything you could possibly imagine, I have heard someone smoke marijuana for. And I know there are a lot of older members in my group that still smoke it today and have smoked it for years and are 100% um, for um, uh, legalizing marijuana everywhere. So I think eventually, years down the road, It'll probably be legal everywhere, and slowly but surely, it's becoming legalized in different states here and there. Um, but I think um, Mississippi's probably going to be the last one, honestly. <laughs> and the majority of your group wants it legalized. Are you worried about long-term or short-term side effects from marijuana? Not at all. Not at all. Anyone in your group ever bring that up? Um, yeah, we. Um, there were a couple of member. There are a couple members that. Um, they don't agree with it being legalized at all. And it's their personal, it's their own personal opinion. Um, and they have their own personal reasons for thinking that. Um, and honestly, I, I can't, I know a lot of people that smoke it and they tell me that it's hard to get addicted to. It's not, you want to smoke it because it makes you feel good, 
but they're not, they can stop smoking at any time that they want to. And a lot of people in your group would probably stop taking opioids if they had access to marijuana, in your opinion? uh, I believe so, yes. And talk about, let's talk about, you were on benzodiazepines or benzos, which is about to become, or is now an epidemic in itself, right? Yes. And you were on, so you were on opioids and benzos for anxiety at the same time. Yes. Which, you know, you're smart, you know, that's a dangerous combination or it can be. So if you had marijuana, you wouldn't need that, right? No. And this, this is, I'm just repeating what she told me in an earlier conversation, uh, just to make sure I'm getting it right. But that's pretty compelling to me. I mean, if you could cut, you're on 22 pills, if you could cut that down I, with marijuana to me, I mean, I don't know what that, that's a, that would be worth it to me. It, it's, it would, it's definitely worth it to me to cut that. Even to cut it in half is worth it to me. Even if I took out Honestly, even if I took out five pills out of my day, it would be, it's worth it to me. Yeah. And how do you feel about how the the world responds to people who have a chronic illness? It's invisible. Often we don't see it. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think there needs to be more education and especially, um, in the older generation, because there are a lot more younger, um, chronically ill people in the world. And personally, um, I have a handicap sticker and I'm getting a handicap license plate. I have actually had an older gentleman stop me in the parking lot and tell me I can't park in the handicap spot because he couldn't physically see anything wrong with me. And I think that's disgusting. I would never go up to an older person and say, I'm sorry, there's nothing wrong with you. You can't park there. I agree. And that's going to be a lot of education. The, you know, the legalization of marijuana, that's going to come from the policy and political level, but educating people about this and just because you can't see someone who has a disability doesn't mean they don't have one. And hopefully uh, people will be open to learning that. What about how doctors treat you? Um, it, it all depends on the doctor, honestly. Sure. Um, that I've found anyway. Um, I have found, I actually, (laughs) it's funny. I actually had a nurse practitioner, um, a couple of years ago when I, I I was in Mississippi, um, staying for a couple, for a couple of months. And I told him that I had arachnoiditis and he said, so you're afraid of spiders? (laughs) (laughs) The arachnoid. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I, I kind of, I actually thought to myself, I kind of questioned his, um, his Sorry. degree a little bit. Cause I mean, I mean, it is a rare disease, but right, right. They, I'm, I'm pretty sure they teach it in medical school. I'm not hundred percent sure on that one though. And also, um, there was a movie, I think arachnophobia. So yeah, yeah, he should have, maybe he didn't go to the movies when he was younger. I don't know. Um, dear God. Any, anyways, let, let's talk a little bit more about your group and when you set it up and how fast it's grown. Um, I set it up January 24th of 2018, and it is now a, a year and a couple of months later, and I have a little over 7,800 members currently. And I actually don't even consider them members. Um, 
they're more of my family. And, and that's what I call everybody. When I welcome somebody to the group, I don't say welcome to my group or welcome to the group. I say welcome to the family because um, chronic illness is, uh, I feel like we're all in, in a family in a way because there's, there's something wrong with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people and a lot of their, even their own family members don't understand um, their illness or what's wrong with it or anything about it. And then they come to the group and they can share anything, anything at all about their illness, about their day, about their life. And I just, I feel like there's, there's my family. I mean, and we, we applaud, we get excited when we can wash our hair or when we can change our sheets by ourselves. And for, you know, hundreds of people, that's a huge deal. Just being able to get up and wash your hair. Wow. And what are your responsibilities as the head admin? Um, I approve, I approve posts. Um, I approve members that come in. Um, I talk to everybody. I've probably talked to at least over a hundred people. Um, there's probably more, but I just, I, I'm not entirely sure if it's in thousands yet, but I know it's a couple of hundred. Um, and any time of day, anyone can reach me. And it's funny that everyone, I tell my, everybody that I'm a vampire because I'm yeah. always out at night. I'm in the dark because I have <laughs> migraines and you can always literally reach me at night. And because I, I have insomnia, so I'm up and I'm usually online at some point in the day, always online. Silver lining of insomnia. Yeah, it is. <laughs> your group always has an admin. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that's great. I love, I, my favorite part of Facebook is the, the group, the social, the networking, the social networking and the ability to form these groups and have people who suffer from common ailments able to come together and talk about it and share information. I think that's amazing. And I think it's amazing that you took the initiative to start it and you're doing it. And I know you might think you're not working or you're bed down, but you are, you have a really important role. So I, I appreciate that. I actually had, um, several member, uh, several members today because it's international women's day that, um, congratulated me on making the group and how well they love it and how awesome it is that I'm there every day. And they feel like they have somebody that they can rely on that is always going to be there. And it's funny that some days where I'm sick or I'm sleeping because I had a seizure or I have a bad migraine and they post and they're wondering where I am because I'm not online. Right. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. And people tend to become really attached and, and dependent on as a source for, for help and support. Yes. So I, we'll I kind of find myself as Google because there mm -hmm. isn't something that somebody won't can ask me that I won't research for them. Um, it doesn't matter how long it takes me. Doesn't matter where I have to go to look for it. I if you ask me to research something for you, I will find it. I will research the hell out of it, and I will get back to you. You know wh whether it's the same day, a couple days down the road. Um, I actually do a thing. Um, or like mobility aids, if you, if you all of a sudden need a mobility aid and you don't know where to go to, to get any, I'll, I'll look for it for you. And I'll awesome. tell you like the top 10 of whichever mobility aid you might be needing. 
That's awesome. Now, how about any conflicts or fights? Has any come to mind or any issues that you had to address as an admin? Um, we've had a couple for weed, actually. Um, and we've had a couple. Um, um, I don't allow religion in the group just because there's so many religions out there. And you don't want to offend one person with another person's use. So in politics, um, we've had a couple of politic fights that I've had to, you know, now we don't do politics at all. You and everyone uh, else. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's re- it's honestly really rare in my group that there is a fight. I mean, awesome. I mean, we have we have disagreements, obviously, but there's it's really rare that there's like a heated debate about something. That's awesome, Amanda. So I'm going to finish up here. Is there anything else that you want to add? Now is your chance. <laughs> uh, put me on the spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything at the top, off the top of my head now. Um, what, what, how do, how do people find your group? Um, go to Facebook and just search up Spoonie world and chronic illnesses that keep you cooped up. And there are three questions you have to answer. Um, you, you're not going to not get in if you don't answer them. We just prefer that you answer them just so we can have a little bit of background on you. Not, we don't need to know your life story or anything like that. Just, you know, where you came from, like, where do you live, that sort of thing. Um, And and, people, everybody's welcome. Yes, everybody, any, anywhere around the world, you're welcome. We have people in Japan, we have people in Sweden, we have people in Italy, like all over the world. And that's really interesting, too. I wonder, do you get um, insight onto how other countries are responding to pain, how they treat it? Do you Um, find it? Yeah, it's actually really interesting. Um, the, the UK, especially, um, they're always talking about how they have uh, free health care. And one of the things that a lot of, I've heard a lot of them complain about is the only problem they have with free health care is that it takes them a couple of weeks to get into a doctor. The and, wait, and wait times. Yeah, the wait time. And that's really the only complaint that I've ever heard anyone say is when they have a, a need to get in right away, they have to go to the emergency room because they can't get into their doctor for three weeks. Three weeks. And actually, I don't even think three weeks is that bad. Is it a GP or is it a specialist? Um, some of them are specialists and some people say they have um, issues getting into their GP just because of um, that little towns they live in. Um, right, they right, don't right. have a lot of doctors sure. in those specific towns. So do they ever share their opinion on marijuana or the battle currently ensuing in the U S or probably not? They do actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They, they actually, there are several of them that think it should be legalized also because they have it. uh, I don't, don't quote me. I don't know if it's completely legal over there, but I know a lot of them have it and it's available to them and it's, they, some of them don't even take pain medicine at all. Like they get wow. their weed and then they just go about their day and that's it. That'd be nice. It'd be nice if people listening and stakeholders, if they listen to you and to the members of your group, you know, here's a clear way to improve our quality of life. We're telling you we live this and listen to us, you know? Exactly. Be, yeah. 
hopefully that will happen. And you ha- there is a political component to the Spoonie group, right? Yes. And they're advocating for... Um, yeah, the... <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second. That's okay. Um, they have... Um, there is what's called the Don't Punish Pain rallies. Um, and um, a lot of chronically ill patients, um, they... Yeah, sometimes it's once a month, sometimes it's every couple of months. They go to the state capitol and um, they they protest, like, um, and they rally around, you know, trying to get better health care or medical marijuana or right. whatever that specific issue is for that person um, they speak on. And sometimes if they don't, if they're not in the Capitol building speaking, they're outside with signs and they bring shoes to, you know, to show that these, that there are other people out there that, you know, can't be here because they're too, they're too ill to be here. I actually right. had one of my members, um, bring, a couple of pairs of shoes when she went to the don't punish pain rally for myself and for a couple other of our admin and mods. And, um, it was, I, I thought it was the best picture I had gotten in weeks. That's awesome. And the, that. and the don't punish pain really relates to the opioid epidemic. You know, when we hear about the opi- opioid epidemic, we hear about how dangerous opioids are, but we don't really hear about the people who, are not getting medication that improves their quality of life. And we don't hear about the people that are now not getting opioids that controls their pain and their quality of life is suffering. And, and I told you my own bias is against medication. I like the natural stuff, but, and that's why I think it's important that I hear stories from you and people like you because I'm listening and you're saying this improves my quality of life. I need this. And I think that's what the, the entire debate in the opioid epidemic discussion is missing. Yes. Um, I feel like a lot of our voices have been silenced because of they just got the government has just come in and said, Hey, you're not going to do this anymore. And we're cutting you off. And that's, that's it. And even my own pain doctor has said, Hey, you can just stop taking them. Right. Almost like you're being treated like you're addicted when you're not. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Anyways, Amanda, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Thank you so much. I think what you're doing is phenomenal. And I plan on sharing this and uh, how to get to your, the, your group on Facebook. And it's really great. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you to Amanda for coming on. As always, drop me a note at Aaron at bloomingwellness.com with your feedback or comments. Also, consider subscribing. I have a lot of really cool, smart people lined up, a lot of great stories, some stories you won't believe. Um, and also check out my blog at bloomingwellness.com. You can also get a Zen band there or read my crazy novel, Manic Kingdom, which has reviews that are all over the map from one star to five stars. Maybe more five stars. I haven't really counted. Anyways, um, yeah, subscribe and stick around. Thanks for listening.